Hi, my name is Richard Osborne and this is UKBF Stories, where we're telling the story of small businesses across the UK and shining a spotlight on their journey. Today I'm talking to John Thorpe, founder and managing director of ACS, based in Northampton. Hello John. Hi Richard. Hello. Great to meet you and thank you for agreeing to do this. I know that these sort of um, interviews are not something that you do and I'd probably go so far as to say probably not something you're comfortable in sort of talking about yourself in that sense. And no, but learnt that you have to a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, thank you for you know, agreeing for this one. The, so if we start um, sort of just before your sort of working life began, yeah, yeah. Um, so you um, sort of come from Manchester, is that right? I do, I do. I come from Manchester, I grew up in Manchester. Um, my formative years were just, you know, quite humble, simple um, upbringing. Um, sport was my life, so everything was sport, so football, cricket, tennis. Um, and, uh, and then I got injured playing football and uh, that meant that I couldn't play football uh, or any sport really at a particularly high level. So my father got hold of me. My father had a really strong work ethic. We didn't see him Monday to Friday, but um, one of three boys and uh, work ethic he definitely gave us. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, I had to get an education. The only place that would take me was Northampton Nen College, now part of Northampton University. Only place that would take me. Um, and that brought me to Northampton. I've, funnily enough, um, my dad dropped me at Sandbatch Services and I had to thumb a lift. In the days when you could thumb a lift safely and I thumbed a lift, and the lorry driver, he says, where are you going? I said, Northampton. He says, great. I, uh, so am I. I says, whereabouts? Northampton University. And I got dropped at the door and I got the placement um, and, and that's how I got to Northampton. And that's probably, I hate to think now, that's probably 30... 32 years ago without giving away my age. Yeah. Yeah. The um, amazing thing, literally, that that is your journey into this county. It was thumbing a lift. You couldn't write it. That's how I got to Northampton. Yeah. Thumbed a lift. The, but prior to that, you, meant, you just mentioned that sport was a big part of yeah. uh, what, you, you know, what you was about. Yeah. The somebody you've um, sort of a little known fact is you've been coached by somebody fairly well known in the sport you play. Uh, I've, had, I've been fortunate enough over the year that in my formative years, probably the highlight was being coached at the Centres of Excellence by Gordon Banks. I was a goalkeeper, and to be coached by that man will never leave me. And uh, I've been lucky to hit. In tennis, with with other players, you know that, have, you know Greg Rosetsky and and people like that. But Gordon Banks was just pinnacle moment as a fourteen, fifteen year old uh, playing against. Yeah, some good sides, some good sides. And um, and the don't want to dwell on the injury part that took you out of mm -hmm. uh, football, but you've um, played against a fairly well known team as well. 
Yeah, I mean, as a kid growing up, you play against all the sides, you know, and I played for very boys. Um, and then the injury was against Liverpool at Penny Lane. It's a little bit of a story too, but uh, but as a, as a teenage kid, you played against all the counties, all the all the regions, you know, even down south to, you know. Well, I never came down south till I was 16, 17, but, uh, um, but yeah, you know, teams from down here would travel up to, up to Manchester and we played them. So, yeah. And then after thumbing the lift all the way to Northampton, yes. yes. uh, so what did you study? Uh, computing and business. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yes, graduated in that. That was a proud day for my, my parents and, and for me, I suppose, and uh, it was a proud day. Uh, and then it was the recession. It was 91. And I was knocking doors, phoning, trying to get a job because I had the student debt. Um, in those days, it doesn't sound a lot today, but it's £3,000 in NatWest. And they wanted their money back. And uh, what happened? I, I get, get told no, 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 no. And uh, eventually a company called Wildings, a PLC company, 70 offices, offered me the opportunity to work for them. I was paid 7,000 a year, take home 414 pounds a month. And within the same hour, I met my future business partner and my wife. Like all the stars aligned. And she started as my landlady. I moved in as a lodger. <laughs> Again, that's, you know, all these things happen. You know. And it's still stuck through it. Still with, yeah. still with, a long time later, two kids, uh, the kids are growing up quick, um, and yeah, so yeah, still, still uh, with the wife, still, still good, you know, you have challenges like you do in business, you're doing in relationships, but uh, yeah, we're still good, we're still good. Fantastic. And the, you was at Wildings for three years. Yes. And how did that come to an end? Uh, Gosh, so Wilding's got into financial difficulty. I had a, a third deal with a, a, a PLC company. Uh, it's a million pound order and they couldn't fulfill it. And I literally said to my, my colleague, John Harley, wouldn't it be lovely if we could do our own thing? And uh, we jumped in John's car uh, and that was kind of the plan that rolled out. And we had a little bit of help from guy called Mick Spittle as well in Northamptonshire. And that's how ACS was born. In our first year, our wildings then declined. And in the first year, we had revenues of about 400,000. Second year, just over a million. Uh, and then it just grew from there. And, and what I love, and I really love, is our first employee, Claire. She's still working here today. Uh, Gordon, our second employee, is still a consultant for us. 27 years later. Um, Ron, our third employee, he retired after 16 years. Call him Rocket Ron. He's, uh, he's just a legend. And, uh, and, and, and so it goes on. And we just grew. And uh, we just did some amazing stuff. Um, I could bore you with the stories if you want me to. Uh, what? Well, we'll work through that then. Because yeah. I, I think, um, well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that people would want to know those. Because... In the reading up and research I've done for today, mm -hmm. the, you've had one hell of a journey. Mm -hmm. and, but before sort of reaching to the end, what was the first 
sort of the working environment, the first office like? How was, um, you, you've, you've, you've come from a big corporate PLC, um, 70 offices, to start your own business. Great question. So we started in a converted bathroom. That is the truth. In Birchfield Road East in Northampton. It was a converted bathroom. God, you have done your research. Uh, it was one desk, two phones, two chairs, and that's where John and I started. Yeah. And uh, it's next door to the tackle shop, if people know that, on Birchwood Road East. And that's where it started. And uh, guys, you know, you had to sell the products and services. You had to deliver them, install them, and collect the money. You had to do everything. But that's what you do as a small business. Yeah. And I still think of us as a small business. I still have that small business kind of, you know, I don't know, you just, you just, um, I think over 90% of the country is small business, isn't it? You know, so, so it's so, so important that uh, we support local and support small business. Um, I, I did um, hear somewhere that because of being next door to the tackle shop, you uh, sort of timed your open times or? Um... Yeah, I mean, you spend the time on the phone. In, when you, on the phone today, it's very different, you know, with email and stuff. But uh, back in the day, people would say, we'd love to come to your, you know, your office and check you out to say you are what you, and you had to say, well, you know, it's more important what we do in your office. So I'll, I'll come to you. Um, and and we, we got lucky. And I think, a lot, you know, in business, you work hard. And, and yes, you get luckier because you work hard. But we had, um, very briefly, a story. Um, we were asked to cable a building up in Edinburgh. Uh, we were about three years old. And uh, went to my colleague, says, can you do this job in Edinburgh? He says, can't do it. He says, you can't do it. I said, it's the first opportunity. Can't do it. So we borrowed Gordon Howe's car, because he had an estate. We put the trunking in the car, the cat, cat. I forget what cable it was called back in those days, but BNC cabling, I think it was, Richard. And John and I just drove to Edinburgh. And we met the MD on the steps at seven o'clock in Edinburgh. We looked outside, it was a four-story building, chandeliers in everywhere. You couldn't write it, it was a Del Boy Rodney kind of. Thinking it Del was Del Boy Rodney, it was. Honestly, and we looked at each other, we laughed out loud, and we spent, we spent 27 years, well, a lot of years laughing. And um, anyway, the MD gave us the keys. We worked all the way through the night, I kid you not, all the way through the night, at 7 a.m. the next morning, the MD came back into that building, to that building, and we literally gave him the keys back. That was it. We drove back to Birchfield Road East and we looked at our colleague saying, yes, we can. Yeah. And I've lived with that Henry Ford quote. If you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. And, and honestly, so much can be done if you just, just set yourself to it. Absolutely. Anyway, I don't know. I've got onto that subject. No, that's, that's, I'm, that's, I've heard that story before, and I think it's fascinating yeah. showing that really when you're in those early stages of business, more important than ever, you, you've got to find the solution. Yeah, and as your business evolves and grows, you can be more selective, you know, but, but the cabling, owning the workplace, which is what we did with IT and, and some of our other divisions, um, yeah, the workplace, the cabling, the infrastructure, it's all part of what we do. Going forward a few years, one thing that 
I feel, looking in from the outside, says a lot about the business that you set up, mm -hmm. what it stands for, and the shape of it going forward was when the floods hit Northampton in January 98. Yeah. How did, how did you approach that? I had a major client, uh, Airflow and Streamlines PLC. Far Cotton was under three, four feet of water. Um, and they'd been brilliant to me when I was at Wildings. And they took, had faith in John and I when we started ACS. And I still know that family today with on the board, their sons. Um, and when they were, it was a Sunday, I think, uh, we went to their offices, they were underwater, but we could see in their distribution area, you're testing my memory here, in their distribution area, we could build an office for 70 people. And in three days, we built an office for 70 people. 70 desks, 70 chairs, 70 computers, all cabled, all working. And they became operational. Yeah. And that, that's another, just, just shows what can be done yeah. if you have the right, the right mindset. It's, um, that made a huge difference to them. Um, I remember the floods in Northampton because I had to come out and if I was working in a different industry then yeah. and looking at restaurants in the hospitality sector and all the underwater, and it's trying to find, people couldn't trade. Yeah. It's, um, you could liken it to like the past few years of the pandemic, yeah. a, a natural disaster, just literally shutting people down and being able to find a solution for them makes a huge difference for them. And as I say, it says a lot about the business, your business itself. Lots of examples of that there, honestly. But it's, 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 it's just that, um, it's just times you just gotta, even now, today, you've just gotta do it, you know, and, um, and you do, you deal with the rejections at times and everything else, but that customer today, well, I know his son, the, the, the Wesley family, uh, are good people. And you do it for good people, you do it for any customer, but you have customers that are really loyal, that's when you give back, isn't it? It's when you've got to be there for them. You've got to be there. What was the name of the company that's the very first company on your sales ledger? So, I read and bond uh, with the first company. They opened an office on the Wellingborough Road for um, four desks, four computers, four 860 X266s. How sad is that? <laughs> they paid £11,099 per computer. God, I think what you get for that today. Yeah in computing um, and that was the first network we installed first office we took ownership of if you like in its entirety because it was print technology furniture everything uh, they're still a customer today 27 years they scaled to 228 offices and then through the recession of 2007 we helped them uh, move back to consolidate slightly um, but they're still the they're back growing again, and uh, we'll, we'll get the benefit of that, I'm sure. But they're, they're, yeah. And the second customer yeah. I've been on call with this morning, yeah. and it's Kettering General Hospital. And uh, you've just preempted my next question. Oh, yeah, right. literally, because um, um, again, I found it fascinating that Orion and Bond, your yeah. first invoice you raised, yes. the first customer, and you're still working with them today. Yeah. And I was aware Kettering Hospital as well, your yeah. second customer, and you're still working with them today. Yeah, we, we don't do as much as we want to do with the NHS, but in the pandemic, because we went on government frameworks, yeah. we have started doing a lot of work with the NHS. So um, 
got to reach out. We're, we're doing some business with Kettering 27 years later, but we feel now, because we're on these government frameworks, we can do a lot more. And that, that was this morning's call. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's exciting that we can uh, do more with them. Yeah, no, and that's, a, uh, I remember seeing the sort of press release at that point when you got onto those frameworks, the mm. sort of significant milestone as a, as a business owner to reach and have that, yeah, that door open. It, it's, it's <clears throat> I can't put it into words how good an opportunity it is for our business to scale. Yeah. We've, we've just had our best ever trading year uh, and we're not even scratching the surface with that framework and that opportunity. So we'll see where that goes. Jumping back, you moved into this office in February 2007. Yes, indeed. Um, I remember hearing a statement that it was getting very um, close. <laughs> In the um, bathroom um, yeah, of the old office, so you knew who and who wasn't wearing, you know, the Odin, Richard. I mean, and there was uh, we moved out of Birchfield Road East uh, into Burlington House. We then moved back into Birchfield Road East, uh, and there's about fifteen to twenty of us. And you knew seriously who was and who wasn't wearing the Odin. And when you're moving a lot of kit around offices that we'd sold. You know, some days you, 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 you put a sweat on, you know, and, uh, um, you know, but we always had Fish and Chip Friday. We always, we always had fun. Yeah, you got to have fun. When, when we worked at a corporate, we, when we started, have fun, kick ass, make money. We, we are not going to work with miserable people. Life is too short. Life is too short. And sometimes you find, you know, they creep into your organization. I would say you've got to gill them in the nicest possible way um, because they're not a good fit for your organization and they can do damage, real damage to culture. So um, um, sounds a bit harsh the way I said it like that, but um, you've got to have fun. Yeah. Work's hard. So you're going to work hard. You might as well have some fun with it. Yeah. yeah? I've heard the statement, uh, you said never work with miserable people. Yes. Uh, the, uh, to be fair, you know, I have the same attitude within my own organisation. The culture is so important. Uh, skills can be trained. You, um, the culture is more important than anything. And, and we all have dark days, let's be honest, me included. You know, in the last couple of years, you know, and, and I can talk about uh, a few years back in 07, you know, some dark days. And um, we all have them. And we need to understand that and, and support those people at those, those times. So... When we got into this building, though, that was off a good friend of mine. He, he referred this property, Paul Tudor. Do you remember that name back yeah. in the day? He, he ran Underwoods Commercial. Yeah. And I'd done seven years at half six in the morning for something called BNI. Yeah. I did it for seven years. And it gets knocked by a lot of people, don't get me wrong. But that gave us this head office. Um, and that's where I met Paul Tudor. Sadly not with us now, but um, he was a great man. And he did it, I did it, seven years. And we wrote, we must have written over a million pounds worth of business. And that was all about giving back. Yeah. And that's, you know, as your business grows, that's, that's what you do. So anyway, um, yeah, we're here. We're just refurbishing it because workplace is what we do, technology. So, yeah. Walking into, coming from an environment he was and walking into 
your first big office. Mm -hmm. How did that feel? I mean, walking into an empty building at, that, at the first step through, but to walk in and think, this is where we're going to build further. From. Yeah, so we were rattling around. I mean, there was 15, 20 of us in nearly 10,000 square foot. You know, I mean, you know, hello. You know, you, you know, it's like that. We had the pool table, though. We had the bar. Um, we've got the pool table back now. We're about to get the bar back now. Uh, but we, um, we, we, yeah, it, it gave us an opportunity to grow. Um, but we were, we were, we were rattling around, and uh, but very quickly, you know, what went from one million in our second year was probably up to about fifteen million by year ten, and uh, and we just started to organically just grow, and uh, yeah, and that's that's what we continue to do, just growing by twenty four percent, March thirty first, just closing, so really pleased about that. Coming out of a pandemic. Yeah. So, yeah. The, I, I heard, um, and I don't know, I can't remember the, or see the exact dates, but not long after sort of moving into this building, mm -hmm. um, you experienced um, being let down by a group of a team uh, you've worked with. Oh, lovely. God, you have done your homework, haven't you? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, one day, so we, uh, I still sit on the sales floor, and I sat on the sales floor back then. Uh, probably you're talking about a four-year period, which was probably a real tough four years, I will tell you why if you want me to. Um, but our, we probably had six or seven key top-of-their-game salespeople, and um, over half of them walked out to set up in competition against us. And, uh, and that hurt. If you speak to two of those three individuals, the three main guys, um, yeah, it, it didn't work out for them. Um, it happens. I mean, the, the bumps in the road that you get growing a business are endless. You'll have people who sadly will, will steal from you. You'll have people who nothing surprises you anymore when you've been doing it 27 years nothing surprises you anymore but um i i, I believe in what i call a trust culture yeah. and i trust and uh it's done me no harm there'll always be bumps in the road but that's business the it's would you say it's important because if you when you trust people yeah. and you you desire, if I use that word, a culture where it, it's almost like a family or, you know, when you're a small business owner, it's hard not to get close to the people you work with. Um, and when you are close to the people you're working with and they let you down, it's hard not to take that personally. So how do you keep that trust culture? How do you not let it change you? Um, to continue to build the business forward and maintain that ethos that you've had from the very beginning. Yeah, do you know, Richard, I, 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 I'm sure I'm, I'm not right when I say this stuff, but I, I think some of the best things we can do is, is forgive. And, and otherwise you carry all that, all that um, hurt or that emotion with you. And, and if I just, I mean, two of the three I can talk to now, you know, and have a pint with. I mean, I, I'll forgive. 
I won't forget, but I'll forgive. And you move on. Otherwise, yeah, life's too short. And as you get older, stuff happens that really puts that in, in perspective. So, um, so yeah, I, I, um, and why, why ruin it for the, for the, you know, you've got 100 people and you get 2% who, you know, 3% who don't play with the straight back, then, then I'm not going to compromise the other 97 that's really important. Very good. The, you just mentioned, as I sort of led into that, that that happened as part of a, a difficult time overall. Yeah, I, it's, it's, you look back now, and uh, so 2007, uh, my mother moved on. She had a seven-year battle with cancer. Uh, she, she was 70. So that was, that was difficult. Um, then uh, we had a recession to deal with, if you remember the recession. And, I, and, and Paul Tudor, I mentioned earlier, was sadly taken early as well. So I, I had a bit of, bit of stuff going on to deal with. Um, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, you just, just got on and dealt with it as you, best you can. Uh, did some stuff that was out of my comfort zone, a bit like doing an interview. <laughs> um, but I, um, I hate running, always hated running. But I said to my mother in the hospice, and for Cynthia Hospice down here, I would run the London Marathon. I couldn't run 100 yards. I, I could, I, I was, I, but running wasn't my thing. Uh, but did that. Uh, said I'd climb a mountain, did Kilimanjaro, did that. Um, so I did three, four, but it was in a recession. And the, the height of that recession, I left the bank in Birmingham and they said, for ACS to stay, I had to put my house on the line. Uh, that was difficult for John and I, that was really difficult and because uh, we've worked so hard to remove personal guarantees from around your neck. As any startup business will understand at times, you're quite often giving personal guarantees. And we'd worked really hard for 10 years, well, it's probably 14 years now, uh, to remove all those personal guarantees. And had we not put our houses on the line, 80 plus people would have lost their jobs. So you did. Now, it was a no-brainer for me to do, but John was slightly older, so it was a bit more challenging in his, his decision-making, but uh, we did. And then we subsequently had the best trading out of that recession. Yeah, um, But that was, a, that was a real difficult kind of four years because everything was going on. Personal life, you know, newborn, uh, and then the business and the recession. So it was quite a bit to deal with. But you crack on, don't you? And when you're when you're dealing with those things, that the the personal side of things, mm -hmm. the are perhaps maybe easier to keep away from your team and the colleagues you work with, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Um, did the eighty plus people that whose jobs you were trying to keep safe were they aware at the time that yeah. you put your houses on the line to no, secure no. their jobs? Yeah. No, that's just, just, you know, John and I had a, and we still have a, a bond, but, um, but we, we, we were 
so close. Um, we, you just had to do it. We were caught up in something that was out of our control. You could only control the controllables. Say it all my life. This was out of our control. What could we control? Well, we could do this and have the belief that we had. We were just caught up in something that was do with the IT industry and insurances. And um, there's 34,000 IT companies in the UK. We were in the top 80 in the, out of 100 in the UK. And we were caught up in this. And we were like, where did this come from? Uh, and it was driven by the US. I don't remember back in those days. But um, anyway, long story short, we got on the phone to our major distributors, Tech Data, West Coast, Ingram Micro. and said, we don't understand it, but you need these reassurances. And, we, and, and that's how we gave them the reassurances. Uh, and off the back of there, we traded well. And, uh, but it was a difficult time. You know, you, you, you go like this in business and then, I'd say bumps, that was more than a bump, that recession. But we, we came through it. Uh, and some of those, well, most of those people that went through that are still probably with us today. But you pick, um, coming out of there, you did get, to what I see quite significant accolades as a mm -hmm. business. Um, fastest growing IT company in Europe. True. Uh, well, actually, no, if I give it full title, fastest growing IT company in Europe, Middle East, and Asia. That's what they say, that's it, EMEA, that's what they say, yeah. So, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, these are, yeah, that's, that's true. We, we, we've done well, we've done well. The, the one that um, I would, if I was in your shoes, feel most proud of? Sunday Times? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's just the culture piece, you know, which is us. You know, I've always said you've got to choose your attitude. Today, we only have three values. We used to have about 10, but today it's just attitude, commitment, and integrity. If you live by those three, you're not going far wrong. Teamwork's a kind of given. You know, it's part of the ACS way. Um, but yeah, attitude's everything. You know, how you wake up in the morning, how you approach your day, how you set your stall out, your routine, how you show up. That's your, that's, that's, you have that choice every day. And uh, some people think I'm mad when I say this stuff, but I passionately believe it. Passionately. It's, uh, you have that choice. And you still have your dark days, and that's when it's more difficult. But the next day, you'll be able to get back on track, or a week later. But you carried on expanding and mm. moved, in, moved uh, uh, into another arm of the business as well and made an acquisition. We've made a couple of three acquisitions <laughs> now. So, uh, I mean, the, 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 the small acquisitions, a couple of three spring to mind that actually were probably mistakes we made because there were small businesses where we were taking the owner into our ACS culture. And they, 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 weren't, they weren't part of that culture. They weren't, their, their DNA, they didn't have our values. And so it actually didn't work. Um, the best, best one, arguably, was, was we, um, I'm a huge advocate of this man. He's called Gary Witts. He's uh, in our cloud business, pure cloud business. This is called Data Store. He's in Oxford graduate, rocket scientist, amazing musician, wonderful company. Uh, and we took a 51% uh, uh, stake in that business some 10 years ago now. 
and that business is doing really, really well. They work within this building um, and we have fun, as we do with everybody. But they're, they're just great, a great technical team with great technical knowledge, um, which we have all across the ACS service desk as well. Um, but they're great guys. That was one of the better um, acquisition stroke mergers that we did. And you now offer recruitment? No, 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 no. So recruitment was, uh, so I'll tell you about recruitment very briefly because recruitment are really good friends of ours, yeah? They still trade as ACS recruitment. Uh, and I, so when we opened, um, I forget the company's name, this company in Milton Keynes relocated from London. We'd redesigned their offices, we'd put in all the furniture, we'd put in all the IT, the cabling, the connectivity to the building. We'd done a turnkey solution and they said, where do we get the people? And I said, good question. I referred this lady called Heli, and uh, she worked for a company called Interaction at the time. I said, one day, Heli, we'll, we'll do this, and you'll do it under the ACS, with us, under the ACS banner. Uh, anyway, long story short, that's what happened. We backed that business, so they started here upstairs, um, and I exited that business oh, probably about month before the pandemic. That business is doing incredibly well. It's going to be hugely successful. It's already hugely successful, Richard. Um, and that was the people piece that arguably we didn't have. Yeah, because, um, but I've got enough on my plate with, with ACS and, and we've got a wonderful opportunity to grow. So still good friends, but um, I'm, I'm out of the recruitment business. Okay. The... You just mentioned the pandemic, mm. so we're carrying on the journey. The pandemic hit, and it hits everybody. Yeah, I, 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 there's very few people that weren't negatively impacted by that. Brutal, wasn't it? Yeah. Brutal. So, yeah, it was brutal. So, um, my wife's birthday, March the twenty third. I'll never forget it. Boris, stay at home. Stay at home. So, yeah. So May. Lost my father to COVID. You know, the care home conversations that Boris was going on about. Yeah, so May, in May, lost father, and ACS went off a cliff. It's like the whole of the economy just stopped. Uh, and then, fortunately, somebody found the reset button, I would say, in June, July. And we ended up thanks to the government with the furlough scheme out equally, and thanks to the people in the business who just really rolled their sleeves up. Um, we got some people who did, I always say this is the work of two, I could name them, but I won't embarrass them because I'm a two. Um, but yeah, so we, um, we really did finish that year okay to well, um, but it was, it was so brutal. I mean, I, I can see myself now you know, publishing every day on Teams, either videos or, you know, just conversations, just, and just phoning. If I wasn't phoning every colleague that I could, I was reaching out to anywhere I thought there may be opportunities. I'd gone back to my, you know, survival. This was just about survival and, and trying to galvanize everybody to understand 
totally opposite to not telling them anything in 2007. This was a kind of, we've got to do this. And um, we, we finished well for that year. Um, and then we have just had our best ever trading year. And uh, we've won a number of very good managed service contracts. We've invested heavily, not heavily, but we've invested in cybersecurity, cybersecurity training, uh, been on these government frameworks, building out the Microsoft stack. Uh, and then there's lots of companies that want to attract people back into the workplace. And so they're changing their offices. So their offices have got to be more inspirational, got to be better at Teams and Zoom calls, they want Zoom rooms. Um, they don't want receptions anymore, they want the cafes and, you know, more collaboration. Um, so we, we were in a good place. We just had our best year, as I said. We had 24, 25% growth. Um, we've got a decent pipeline. Still will be bumps in the road. You know what's going on with inflation, you know what's going on with, you know, people, well-being. One of our passions is to support people, care, we care, we care. But there's only so, you know, so much help and support you can give at times as well. So it'll be interesting in the next couple of three years, not just our business, but UK PLC, if you like. Well, you'll see that closer than me, probably. Well, we're sat here in your design studio, part of your office. Yes. So behind you is all the colour picker charts and um, yes. catalogue brochures about. And when we came in, I saw your folders about, you know, that talk about the design environment, you know, yeah. the service you provide. Yeah, yeah. Um, so drifting slightly, you know, moving on to a part of what you're doing as ACS, mm -hmm. can you expand more on the way you see the working environment, you know, the we are workplace yeah, environment yeah. changing now because there was, talk, you know, depending which news station you listen to, it's all about getting people back in the workplace or getting rid of offices and working from home, and hybrid is becoming a normal. We work a few days in the office, a few days yeah. at home as a company ourselves. Yeah. What is the future looking like? Yeah, that's the million dollar question, Richard. Yeah. You know, it depends, depends what or you talk you to. Chips. Depends, yeah, where my bet's moving <laughs> forward. So uh, I've always said work's what I do, not where I go. And I've, I said that before the pandemic, and I believe that. So you've got to have great cybersecurity, whether you're at the home office or the office, you've got to have great cyber. You've got to have great connectivity, haven't you, to the building or to your home because of Teams calls and everything else, yeah? So we, we do that, obviously. But it will be what we call dynamic working, flexible working, hybrid working, call it what you may. I do believe that will be the norm moving forward. Give people that flexibility when they need it. They've got used to it. Do you know what? I think it's really healthy to be able to just do what you need to do at times for whatever it is, the kids, or whatever it is you need to do. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of, we call it dynamic working, flexible working. But I think the office has got to evolve and change. It's got to deliver. So you've got to create, a lot of people in the pandemic would argue they had a better place working from home than they did in the office. So the office has got to evolve. So the office has got to have, you know, pods that you can have private conversations, you know, proper Zoom rooms, you know, you've got to have um, the latest audio, visual, video conferencing facilities. 
you've got to have an environment that um, I call it collision zone. Yeah, and it's just where colleagues, customers can come together. It might be the cafe, it might be the bar, it might be the, the pool table, it might wherever it is, but you've got to create those spaces people want to come to and have ideas. Because you have your best ideas when you're in the pub, did it for too many years, you know, with John, there's some of our best ideas, um, and the workplace. And, and as much as I love digital, and I was, I was on a course this morning around creating digital wards in the hospitals. Great. We need that. It improves things. Yeah? After what we've learned in the pandemic the last two years, the need of our NHS. The workplace has got to be inspirational. It's got to deliver I'll make somebody laugh if I say it's got to deliver great coffee, but it's got to deliver great <laughs> coffee. It's got to deliver collaboration. It's got to inspire, yeah? And I think those companies that will really do well and attract and retain the best talent, because that's what it's about, not, not the talent about, will be offering that inspirational workplace, will be offering the dynamic workplace, will be operating on what I call a trust culture. And uh, if everybody bought into a trust culture, those that don't play with the straight bat, well, you can trust the people playing with the straight bats will deal with the ones as much as management and, and a board with, with, um, with those. And you just mentioned now about the environment. I know you've got a pool table here, for example, which is <laughs> cool. The, um, I've, I've heard you in a podcast talking about the importance of getting together as that team um, to um, sort of to get that energy together and that teamwork. The how do people learn, develop, and grow? Yeah. How do they learn, develop? They've got to be together, and they have to learn. And and, and the stats show at the moment that it's the mature crowd that don't want to come back to the office. Well, the oldies like me, you know. Not, not me necessarily, but the other people, they've got that knowledge that they need to impart, yeah? We've got a guy here, he's uh, Dennis. He stood up in a restaurant 15 years ago in Paris. In Paris. In Paris, we went and built everything um, for a global organisation over three days. We took three trucks, 20 people on Eurostar, plus the guys going on the trucks. We built this office over three days. We're in this Parisian restaurant, and Dennis stands up, and it's the poshest restaurant I'd ever been at, at that stage. And Dennis stands up and he says, I am Dennis from ACS. And I kid you not, Richard, everybody stood up and said, no, I am Dennis from <laughs> ACS. Yeah? And Dennis is still working with us. He works down at our warehouse. Uh, he's 65, 66 years of age. He doesn't want to retire. Yeah? I love that. Isn't that wonderful? That, that man, and you can put him in the pub and he'll tell you stories about ACS. It just, it's been our, it's more than, it's so much more than, so, you know, I'm sat here. But I mean, it's, it's as much about a Dennis Leach, a Claire Bowers, a Gordon Howe, so many people. So many people think that's a perfect segue into sort of where ACS is now. And I've overheard the uh, term the super six. 
<laughs> the, um, I don't know if it still is the Super 6 still yeah, now, still, super still, six. Six. still Super 6. So the, how are you, um, so John Harley, he's now the chairman. Yeah, so John kind of, yeah, so yeah, John arguably is the chairman, yes. Uh, and you're um, bringing up a team through into your Super 6. So, yeah. so yeah. what is the shape of that and how is that shaping ACS going forward? So when, when I did the deal with John, the idea was, um, um, you know, we, we had an opportunity to put in place a team and give them the autonomy to do. And uh, I'm a great believer in, you know, John and I were part of the problem before because stuff would come to John and I and we, we, we would arguably procrastinate at times, which I, I, I can't do, I struggle with that word. Um, so the idea of the Super Six is just to do. So they're, they're all leaders within their uh, areas of the business, so in distribution, in sales, in service, uh, in back office, and they come together and they're charged with making the boat go faster. Now, the board is solid, the board is good, we're, we're all aligned, um, and we, we share that vision with, the, with that team. Uh, operationally, then they will go and help that boat go faster. So um, that's the idea of the Super Six. They have coaching from a guy called Paul Beasley, who's based in Northamptonshire. I'm a big advocate of again. Um, and uh, I would say we're doing well. We're just over... Super Six has now been established a good probably two years. Um, and they've been working with Mr. Beasley for over 12 months. So it, it's going well. But I think it's looking forward. How far can it go? It's, the opportunity is massive if people just, um, well, we just, just do. I know I started at the beginning, so it's about the doing for me. Um, and is it a boat going faster or a bus going faster? <laughs> I always talk about, like, so you know I read a lot of books. So I read a lot of books. And um, I always quoted always Jim Collins, good to great, uh, and the boat uh, and the bus and being on the right seats on the bus. So I'm a great believer in that book, great book. Um, but yeah, it could be a book, a uh, bus, could be a boat. Doesn't matter really the mode of transport. It's, it's all about... Just having that vision, what do we need to do? Let's get it down on paper and let's do it. Yeah, and have fun doing it, yeah? Um, and I do love my books and I will say, everybody needs to read Chimp Paradox, which I must have shared with you about Dr. Stephen Peters. Um, Jim Collins' book is, is incredible, good to great. The Covey book's brilliant, as you know. Uh, but one that really resonates with me at the moment is the one by um, Carol Dweck, I think it's written by, it's called Mindset. And you read that, and I, I've got two wonderful girls, and, uh, you know, sometimes I see their, their behaviours of, of this mindset thing. One's called a fixed mindset, one's called a growth mindset. And you see it in the workplace. And, it, and the skill is... is working with people, attracting people who share that kind of growth mindset. And if you can do that, dangerous. One of the other things which I think is a massive part of the culture here, yeah. um, from the outside looking in, it feels like it is, 
And it's something which ACS doesn't shout about mm-hmm. and doesn't make a noise about. Um, you just do it. Mm-hmm. But it is a lot of giving back. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, over the years I've seen snippets that, I've, that have not been through PR or anything like that, yeah. but from talking to people within ACS about mm-hmm. uh, decorating or building um, facilities, mm-hmm. um, tech together. Mm. Uh, God, that was only last year. Yeah. Um, that was so, such a proud moment again. That was just last year. All our kids who haven't got devices to learn on. How do, how do we allow that to happen? Yeah. And then, as you know, Ben at All Things, yeah. the trust, Nen, Nen Education Trust, and uh, Matt Coleman there. And all of a sudden, we've deployed hundreds of laptops, repurposed, engineers coming in at weekends, yeah. and, and um, these kids can learn. Anyway, I think, I think we all understand the importance of them having the right toolkit now. So hopefully that's... Uh, all the schools we're talking to at the moment, that's going to be uh, behind us now moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. But that was only last year, and that was a, a great thing to do, yeah. giving back, I suppose. The, and, but it's a regular thing that is part of the culture. And so how, um, how is the choice made of what's, um, you know, what good causes or what volunteer projects or good causes done? I think um, over the years we used to plan it and then what used to happen is people used to just do stuff and we'll encourage people just to go and do stuff and and we all have our own, um, we're all different aren't we? And we all have different things that are important to us. So if somebody wants to go and, you know, climb Everest for a loved one or they want to do it for autism or they want to do it for whatever it is, CF, whatever, whatever that is important to them, you just, you're going to support it. Yeah. If you care, you'll support them and, and support what they want to do. Because no point John Thorpe saying we're going to do it for X. I have a personal love of Cynthia Hospice, as I do Berry Hospice. That's personal. So I will always do stuff out of the ordinary for them. But if somebody else, if you have a passion and understanding of something personal to you and you want to do it, for, you'd support that, wouldn't you? And I think the important bit there is your team, mm-hmm. they, they get to do what they want. What's, uh, important, what's important, to them? important to them? What's important to them? And I copied... ACS in this, in the sense that... Um, We've had a few people copy us over the years. <laughs> oh, we could talk about that for hours, I tell you. But the I remember you, um, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but it was at the casino. You was uh, with John Floyd... Um, Floyd Graham? Floyd Graham, sorry, that's it, yeah. And you gave a talk and ACS gives people time off for to do that yeah to do that stuff that, that we were doing that they get the birthdays off they um yeah you just you just do you just do you know the proudest thing at this moment in time yeah. what's going on in the ukraine mm-hmm. i've got a lady i say i sit on the sales floor and lady behind me sarah's been with us 17 years she's a pre-sales consultant top of a game brilliant individual great work ethic and she came to me three weeks ago and said uh 
I'm going to take two, two young girls from the Ukraine, refugees who, who need a home, somewhere to live, an opportunity to, to get a better life. Yeah. I said, where are they? She says, they're trying to get to Budapest. God, I was, I was inside. It hit me so hard. And, and she said, oh, I, I just wondered whether we'd consider being able to give one of them a job. I said, I said Sarah, I said, that what you are doing is incredible. We have to give it that girl. One, one was already, um, was going to have, um, she doesn't speak any English. So that would be difficult. Yeah. Uh, maybe ACS recruitment can help her <laughs> out in, in where in the logistics sector, maybe, or somewhere. But but her her other sister speaks very good English, evidently. We have an opportunity. We I'm pretty confident she will join us. You just got to do that stuff if you can do it. And you give. As you get older, you realise, you know, it's um yeah, you, you, if you can give back any opportunity and, and if you can make a difference any day to somebody, you should just do it. I'm a big fan of just doing stuff to make a difference. Whatever it is. Could be the, could be the door for, for, the, for the lady who's probably my age now or it could be, it could be anything, but you've just got to do it, yeah? So um, giving back is important. Um, what does the future hold for John Thorpe going forward and ACS? Well, I'm, I'm, um, so we've got this, what I call this growth mindset at the moment. And, uh, well, got talented super six that we've spoken about. We're recruiting at the moment. So we need more people in service Some of the contracts we've won. We need, well, across the whole business, we need people. Need some talented consultants and salespeople. We're, we're on this growth. We can grow. So, um, got to get the boat going faster. Need people on the bus in different seats, maybe, and all that stuff. But I can get excited about that. We've got people with passion and energy upstairs, people who want to learn and develop. Um, that's exciting. When you surround yourself with people who really want to take you back, Richard. I mean, I'm, I'm no spring chicken anymore, but I, I, I absolutely love working with people who've got that energy. It's wonderful. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're growing. And, and we meet, need more talented people to come and, come and join us and help us grow. Um, our culture will never change. You've got to have fun. Life's too short. Um, and we all have our dark days, as I say. But uh, it's, uh, yeah... The stories are endless. That's the problem. <laughs> and, and I'm so conscious I can't, you know, some stories I can't really share. <laughs> so, uh, it's one at the tip of your tongue. Uh, I, I, I just, it's just, it's just, it's good fun. There's, you know, in business, there's always bumps in the road, I tell everybody. Yeah, you can only control the controllables. But I love meeting people. I do, that's one of the things I do enjoy and, and listening to their stories. That's why doing this is totally out of my comfort zone, yeah? But um, I'm lucky to have, I'm lucky to have had some amazing experiences of, and those experiences are people who I hold at the highest, highest esteem, you know? And I could tell you about some of those people, you know, Sir Alex, 
um, through a friend of mine. Uh, I, I've been lucky to do some pretty cool stuff, but it's just because I've worked hard, got my head down, uh, and I put myself out for others. And you know, and then and, and you get lucky. Um, good things come back. What goes around comes around. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, what you've just alluded to there, um, the sort of, you know, putting yourself out, um, working hard, those sort of bits of advice, mm -hmm. expanding on that. So one of the things, so UK business forums exist to help people early on in their uh, entrepreneurial career. Yeah. With the experiences you've had and fantastic business that you've grown, if you could narrow it down to just three bits of core advice for somebody to, you know, they, to take on board, what would that be? First words to the Super Six was, just do it. Yeah. I could talk about, the hardest thing is, is people just doing it. You can have all the, all the, vision, all the, you know, written all down, the business plans, everything. But when you boil it down, somebody has to take action. And uh, I think that's the, the JDI, just, you just do it. And, um, and I think uh, you're not going to achieve unless you've got the work ethic. You've got to have the work ethic. Um, get a bit of luck. I'd argue you make your own luck. And you've got to look after people. And I think if you look after people, first and foremost, it's surprising how lucky you can get. And we've got so many talented people here, honestly. It's untrue. So I'm the blessed one, as a good friend of mine, Paddy, would say. I'm blessed. Just because uh, he'd say he's blessed, we're blessed, we're all blessed. <laughs> Can't say I've been there. Paddy. We're all here just for a fleeting moment. Mm. The what would you like to be remembered for? What would you when when in years gone, whether it's written on your um, tombstone, whatever it might be, in the autobiography um, about John Thorpe, what would you um, want it to say? It's a decent bloke, you know. I don't know. I, I, I just I've, I've yet to, in my world, I've yet to achieve. Now, everybody says, that's not true, but that's the way I'm wired. I still think I've got a journey to go on. Um, but yeah, if you're on my gravestone that day, then, and uh, yeah, just a, just a decent bloke. Should have been a, yeah. I, I, I wish my life would be more in, the, in that sporting world, but we've all got regrets, haven't we? Um, so I'm, I'm just, I'm pleased I've got my health, you know, I'm pleased I'm, you know, as you get older, health is number, you know, you realise how important that is. And, uh, and I'm having fun, I love it, I uh, want to grow it, and um, yeah, it's, um, and it's got to be fun. And I suppose when you talk about, you know, the three, you've got to make it fun. Not just for yourself, more importantly for your colleagues as well. Yeah. So if you so, so if you're at that point 
in your mindset, I'd say, where mm -hmm. you, there's still more to do. Lots then as opposed to um, a different question, and as opposed to what you want written about if you're not there, um, why do you do it? I think, I think we all have a purpose, don't we? And uh, it's very difficult at times. So, that, you know, I could talk about the Super 6 yesterday and um, the, that was brought together with one primary purpose of, of teamwork to achieve more some of the parts yeah so that was its primary purpose mine is is um, I believe we can scale this business massively scale this business and we have an opportunity so I, I want to grasp that opportunity and I want to do it with people like-minded who want to go and get it um, if people say I've achieved I still don't feel I've achieved well, what does achievement actually look like? And then you read the books and they say, you know, the fun part's the journey. Well, maybe they're right. Maybe the fun part is always the journey. Because maybe when you get to that dark day that you're speaking of there, you know, that's lights out, isn't it? So you might as well enjoy the journey. Never thought about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you have a... I'm, I'm guessing you don't have a tangible measure really then at each step no i i I've, I've no not 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 today um as you you know like that's i'm not as young as i used to be i've still got a lot to do i'm enjoying it i'm going to scale it uh, and you know we'll, we'll see where it goes ah, that's brilliant and i wish you every success thank you for listening Remember to like, share and subscribe to help spread the stories of small business across the UK. And have you got a story to share? Reach out to us on ukbf.co.uk and you could be the next UKBF story.